0: This is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. So, this week, we are up at the hunting camp in Georgia um, for the last weekend of duck season. And we have a guest who is so special and dear to my heart. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we're joined by Mr. Dylan Durden, the man who really helped me start this whole podcast thing, we recorded the first episode, which you'll never hear, um, but I'm going to let him introduce himself and let him tell you why you will never hear episode one of the Under Pressure Outdoors podcast.
1: Well, you know, like you said, my name is Dylan Durden and uh I came in here and i I came met will and within the military and uh I just been listening to a lot of podcasts, and I understood that it was a really good and easy way to figure out how to reach a lot of people within not within the hunt community but outside the hunt community and bring them in within the within the fold with us, you know. And, uh, well, the story behind the whole episode one is we recorded the episode riding in the truck, you know, on my cell phone. Well, ended up just trading in my cell phone and uh, losing the podcast. So, I mean, a lot of things you just lose without even thinking about it. So, that's basically the whole story behind the whole first episode. So, it's essentially loss of time. And we apologize for that because it was a damn good episode. And uh, it wasn't about that great. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was that great. It was pretty rough, but I mean, it's a brainchild, you know. It's, it's first, it's your first child, and you love your first child. So, and then Will took it and ran with it. You know, and I appreciate that more than anything. The idea taking it and run with it, yeah. especially during my absence. From what I have
2: heard, that. It- The episode one got lost because your phone got ran over by a tank.
1: That's, it didn't get exactly ran over by a tank. It got crashed by a Bradley fighting vehicle driver hatch. Uh, That one of the subordinates under me knocked out of my hand and me not having a case and being reckless and being a gambler.
3: So you're telling me it, it wasn't
1: a subordinate. It was an insubordinate. Technically an insubordinate act. I would have said I mean definitely I was upset about it, you know. But especially with these glass phones you walking around today, you better have a you better have a case or you better have a big set of conas, you know what I'm saying? So Do you have a touch screen? I definitely have a touch screen, you know.
0: <laughs> so the roof we're sitting under The first time we recorded the podcast, we actually drove over here from Fort Stewart, Georgia, to Rebecca, Georgia, to put the roof on this cabin. And uh, so here we are out here in something that Dylan helped build. So he finally got to come back after going on a uh, rotation to
1: Germany. Where else did you guys go? Uh, We went to Poland and Germany this time around, and it it was fairly eventful i wouldn't like to go back love all the people over there in europe but i appreciate your hospitality but i think i'll stay over here for a little while
0: (laughs) so he was supposed to come over here with us during deer season and and do a little deer hunting but uh being overseas kind of got in the way of that so we finally got him out here for the last week in a duck season put him in a pair of waders and stuck him in some flooded timber and learned that uh he can't shoot worth the crap. I don't think that's true, son.
2: You don't have much room to talk.
0: I never said I was a good shot.
2: How many times did you shoot, Dylan? Twice? I think you shot twice today. Yeah, twice. Yeah, you you made contact at least once. At least once. Yeah. Will yeah. shot at least six times and made
3: contact twice.
1: I think it's you know, it's about as much lead as you put in the air is what you're gonna take out of there, you know what I'm saying? It's
3: much steel shot as you put in the Still, air. Steel,
1: excuse me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you don't run her to the plug, you ain't trying.
3: Yeah, he's quantity over quality. Oh, there's a bird that I shot at today that I was just like, I'm not reaching this thing, and I sent all three out there. I am just like, well, you never know if you don't find out. Yeah, and then your dog ended up chasing it up a tree. Tell, tell us that story about the uh, the cripple chase today with Sadie. <laughs> so, um, my dog, Sadie, um, she's a year and a half old. This is her first season. She's been good dog. uh, I have no real complaints off of her, but this was her first flooded timber hunt, and we kind of threw it together. We took the foot side of a climber, and we put it out there in the water last night, me and Jordan did, and uh, Bill, um, Jordan and Will's dad, they ended up going, and he shot a bird, and it dropped down and when that bird dropped down it actually tried to go and sit down on top of a tree branch and it couldn't even do that so it went down into the water and before dylan could even take a real shot on it he ended up going and i sent sadie out because i seen the bird falling Sadie was locked onto it and i was like this is a great retrieve you know i don't want to lose a crippled bird sent sadie out sadie went out in this flooded timber probably about 40 yards 50 yards and she took off into there and all i see is sadie go and create a commotion and tear up into this flooded timber and here comes a live bird out hotter than hell mad as can be and it tried to claw its way up a tree and here's my dog in about seven foot of water grabbed this tree kept on climbing up got about half of his body out of the water grabbed this bird brought it back to me and I was just like, oh, Dylan, this is your bird, not knowing that it was Bill's bird. Sadie put it in my hand. I put her back in the climber, and this bird still alive as can be, tore off. And I had sent my dog back out after this bird a second time because I wasn't doing my due diligence.
0: So that's not the first time you've been handed a live bird. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Do we need to tell that story, too? I'll, I'll tell that story. All so right. we uh, we were hunting what we call uh the backwoods hole and matt had shot a hen wood duck and just winged her really she wasn't hit real good and i said man i said we'll be lucky to find her because she kind of sailed off on the other side of the reeds we were sitting in and then uh so we finished out our hunt got a couple more birds we went out to hunt for that that wounded bird and sure enough, right where she should have been laying is where she sat. Like, she hit the water and just stayed right where she was. So we pulled up to her in the boat, and I snatched her out of the water, and I turned to Matt, and I said, this duck is still alive. I said, you're to have to wring its neck. I had her by the wings because uh, she went to take off when I when I grabbed a hold of her. And so I set her. I went to hand her to Matt. He missed, and I dropped her in the bottom of the boat, and she took off running across the boat. Sadie's up underneath the gun box trying to get the duck out of the gun box. Finally got a hold of the duck after it's run about three circles around the boat. And uh, got her neck wrung and put her out of her misery. Yeah, I, I'd have to
2: say this uh, this season's
0: been quite the eventful season for us. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, we, we've had we've had some some great days, and we've had some not so great days. This morning was uh, really not a great day, just because of piss poor performance on my part. I think yeah. that we did not
3: do good as far as discipline with ourselves but i think it was a very eventful and it was a good hunt all around
1: i mean i definitely think so as well i mean me getting out there and hanging out with you guys especially with the guy, with Matt i've never met you one so i appreciate coming out there and you guys sharing the experience with me i mean i'm very fairly very new to duck hunting and I appreciate just going out there and seeing Zadie work and Bell work. You know what I'm saying? With you guys training them. And I think that's the most interesting part that going into duck hunting. You know, because I've duck hunted a couple times, times, never with dogs. And just seeing them go out there and work and retrieving and you bringing them back, then bringing them back to you and you working with them. That's one of the coolest things, I think. Because especially when you bring, it's, it's easy for a lot of dudes to come out there and hunt or, you know, but when you bring another, like, an animal into it, it's a, that's a natural job is to go out there and be able to hunt with you. And, I mean, I think that's the most special thing about going out there, at least today, especially. And I'm looking forward to, to in the morning to going out there hunting and seeing her work again. And uh, that's why I really appreciate it, especially coming out there and hanging out with my old buddies, you know what I'm saying?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really different working with a dog. Is when you work with a dog, you work with it all year long or all year long. And you try to work it, try to figure the dog out, try to work out the corks, and realistically when the bad comes out in the dog it is during the hunt. Uh Sadie messed up a couple times today. And, you know, we had to, you know, reprimand her and correct that. But the biggest thing that I like about hunting with the dog is I love hunting with my wife, uh She's normally out there with me and stuff like that, but when I'm working night shift and I get off during the morning time, then I can go and jump into the boat. I can tear off to somewhere in Florida. Or I can tear off into Georgia or South Carolina or something, and when I go scout, it's not just me by myself. I have my dog in the boat with me, and it's another person to hang out with, and realistically, that makes it 10 times better.
2: I do think like the personal time that you spend with your dog just makes that retrieve so much better. And I hundred percent haven't spent the time that I should have with Belle. <clears throat> and I've gotten better about it lately. But you know, it, it really shows in the training, like Belle, Belle didn't hunt like a one or two today. She didn't hunt down that dead bird like a one or two. She eventually got it.
3: Well neither did Sadie. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh, she eventually got it and everything worked out. In the long run, but, you know, I think seeing that dog actually do its job that you've kind of put your time into really just hits your heart in the right way.
0: I mean, it's really cool, like you're saying, just to see the dogs work. I I enjoyed it. I was really rooting for Belle when that Drakewood duck was just slowly floating away in the current, and she was swimming to it, swimming to it, swimming to it. And then she just kind of said, nah, I'm cool, and came back. And she
2: went, Yeah, she eventually, she was like, all right,
0: screw it. <laughs> cast number three. Yeah. <laughs> she finally got the bird and brought it back.
1: Man, well,
2: yeah. Well, the, the part that pissed me off was that she knew, like watching her, you know, me and Will watching her know that she knew exactly
0: where she was going. Oh, the first time she went out? Absolutely. Uh, she watched the bird fall, watched it hit the water, saw it there was going and continued to follow the bird until she just didn't feel like it anymore, turned and came back. Yeah, yeah
3: you know, that's I was, my fault. I was super disappointed earlier this morning because we had that cripple hit the water and Sadie tore out of there like a bat out of hell. She was mean after it. She wanted that bird in the worst way. And then she got the bird, brought it back. I lost the bird. She got the bird again, brought it back to me. I wrung its neck, gave it over to Dylan. And then you guys had that crippled hen that Will shot. And
0: and she uh, wasn't crippled. She was dead. She, yeah, was dead. dead. she was just on yeah, the other side crippled. of the lake. That was a yeah, dead, dead duck was, dead. That
2: was far gone from where, where we D-E-D could see it. She was D-E-D
3: dead.
0: Yeah. And uh,
3: you called me over and said, hey, can she do a blind retrieve?" And I said, I, I got some hope, so I'm going to give it a shot. I brought her over there. I will tell you what She was the proudest dog in the marsh Bringing back a tree log
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can no hear it from her clean where I was at I can hear her wrestling that limb You know what I'm saying And she was just uh, huffing and puffing And I was like well she got something You know what I
3: mean Oh she got something And then until she came up to a decoy That was close to us And said this is cooler yeah. <laughs> So what is Sadie Way? Sadie Way's 58 pounds at 19 months right now um this is her first season actually hunting last season i had her in the boat but i didn't send her except for one time she went in the water no two times once was Wade hunting down in okeechobee and the other time i was hunting uh Skeeter pond and i was throwing out decoys and it was like two o'clock in the morning she brought me back a decoy Fully, willingly jumped out of the boat. No command, no nothing. She said, all right, well, it's time to play fetch. <laughs>
0: so,
3: Sadie, is she, how much? What, 58 pounds? 58 pounds. Right now, now, she is, you see her. Uh, she is full bulk right now during season. She really builds muscle, and she blows out. So she's 58 pounds right now.
0: Outside of season, she weighs right at about 50. So that's stick. Waterlogged as it was, probably weighed about thirty-five pounds. Yeah, <laughs> it was about six feet long and about four to five inches in diameter. And she found that Joker and she latched onto it. And you just hear, <laughs> trying to drag it, broke a piece <laughs> off of it, and then comes swimming across the across. I, say, I call it a lake. It's a it's a small pond. Comes swimming across it, and she just as proud of herself as she could be. To have that, that piece of that branch in her She mouth. thought that she was doing everything in the world right. <laughs> Till she
3: found the decoy. <laughs> <laughs> that decoy looked a lot better than that stick dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> At least it looked like a duck. Yeah. I'll give her that. <laughs> but uh, that was that was quite funny. It, we ended up going and, and taking the layout boat and paddling across and getting that hen later in the morning. But Now, granted, I will tell you that... Uh, having a 25 pound
2: duck dog has its payoffs because as I paddle across that lake my dog stood on one side of the boat and did
3: not even put it any deeper than the other side <laughs> now that's coming from he was in one of my buddies uh, Charles let me borrow his Piro layout line and it's like eight and a half foot long and it's got a side what do you you think that is five six inches wide? On the side, yeah. Oh,
0: the, did y'all hear that? Yeah, oh, Did you
2: hear that out? Right yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was standing on like a basically like a five inch catwalk
3: on e- the side of that. I wouldn't even boat. call that a catwalk. How yeah. small it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she did great. I mean, we got her groomed yesterday and stuff like that. So she actually looks pretty. But
0: yeah, <laughs> there's no pictures of her. Hang on. Be quiet for a second. See if you'll make another noise.
1: bill you Hear that? That's Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do we want to turn this Dylan, into a Bigfoot contact? A Absolutely, Bigfoot not. Yeah. Absolutely not, boys. I think that's a that's something that get me riled up. Oh, I think we're so. to keep this pretty non explicit, you know what I'm saying? No, I think that this is
3: about to turn into a Bigfoot podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> Definitely not. He
3: already got mad at me last I night. Guess. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so we got here to camp. I never met Dylan before. Will and Jordan have told me about Dylan. And they said that we're going to become best friends.
2: He got iced immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so Tradition.
3: We walked out there and we're staying around the campfire and I introduced myself and we started talking and I was just like, hey man, have you heard of... This Bigfoot podcast, because we were talking about under pressure outdoors. And he I seen him get a little bit of a ruffle in his feathers. And I started talking about it, about we only know 2% of our ocean, but we only know, you know, about 40% of our land, and we're going out into space. And what do we know about Sasquatch? And I I heard a podcast about Sasquatch in Rebecca, Georgia, where we're at. And he had a fire under his belt, madder than mad can be. Yeah,
2: he was like when you piss off a cat and you see the hair stand up on its back. <laughs> <laughs> That was Dylan. Dylan was like, oh, hell no. Like,
1: What kind of felt that way? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like you're playing on my emotions when you go into that Bigfoot thing. Oh, I yeah, was. 100%. 100%. Yeah,
2: we definitely played on your emotions on purpose.
0: I, I
1: 110% primed
0: Matt about Wednesday last week. And I, and I told him, I said, look, when we get up here to Georgia, I said, I need you to act like the biggest Bigfoot believer there ever was. I said, because you're just going to get Dylan... Fired up over Bigfoot, and it's going to be funny. And sure enough, man, he was a going last night, and it
1: was good. I'm surprised you didn't have him buy a damn Bigfoot shirt, and you know had all the you know oh, that would all the great. merchandise. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, it, I don't know. Hey, there's, hey, not to insult anybody that believes in Bigfoot. You know what I'm saying? I just don't, for sure.
3: So when we sat around the campfire, and I was telling you this stuff and you were looking at me and all that kind of stuff, I'm surprised that you didn't catch on because I was, had a grin from ear to ear and I was laughing. I had to turn around just to give a little, every single phrase that I said to you. I was just like, oh, my gosh, he's going to catch on. He's well, going to catch guys, on.
1: All you guys have this scraggly beard going on. you know, and I I can't grow a beard right now. so It's a little easier for you guys hiding grins except Will, because you know, he got you know, that shit-eating grin on his face all the time. <clears throat> Mine
2: is... It's close to scraggly as it gets i mean it is crackhead i don't know mine weird.
3: mine looks horrible it's long but it's horrible and mine took me two years
1: i don't know man <laughs> i think you got like the the young billy gibbons going on and then <laughs>
3: i want to call it a Billy Gibbons more than a billy goat <laughs> yeah, <and> billy <laughs> goat, yeah.
1: <laughs> but i mean hey billy gibbons would be pretty proud of you <laughs> And then, Jordan, you got that Matthew McConaughey, Free State of Jones-looking beard. You know what I'm saying? I would saying? call him
3: Matthew McConaughey. He looks pretty darn good. <laughs> Jordan does not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then then Will over here has got that, I think he had that Matt Best-looking beard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Will just
2: has a, a clean beard. Like my, Honestly, I said like beginning of duck season, I was like, I'm not touching this thing to the end of duck season. And I haven't. And it's just turned into this scraggly mess that I constantly have to comb. I'll tell you what, if
3: I ever shaved my beard, my wife would come unglued.
0: As period, scraggly as mine down. is, it's,
3: gr- it's growing on me. It's
2: quite, quite literally. Yeah, yeah <laughs> quite literally.
1: I mean, I try to keep mine looking nice. I think that looks good, Will. I mean, you're in the sales game, you know what I mean? You gotta stay looking kind of good. You can't look in there like, I'm gonna sell you a bunch of doors or whatnot and look like you just me? walked off the daggum <laughs> you know, side of the street, you know what I'm saying, with a bottle of bourbon in a brown bag. Me, yeah, like you,
2: like you just put his sign into his truck and then came to work.
1: Yeah, he folded that cardboard bad boy up with his sharpie, and you know he was like, "Hey, <laughs> let me say something. We'll sell doors for money."
0: <laughs> but you know, I mean it. It's it's really great to have you back with us here dylan and it's great to finally actually after an entire year of podcasts we went through an entire first season and never had you on as a guest it's it's finally great to get you on the podcast
1: yeah it was definitely a sad time for me especially being over there during in europe and yeah i was keeping track on you guys and you guys were keeping up with me and everything like that and i like, I'm telling you, it, like, hit me hard when I was like, damn, I can't do a damn thing, you know? I felt super bad because I was like, these dudes are taking what I thought up, me and Will thought up at the time, and running with it, you know what I'm saying? Like, Usain Bolt sprinting with it. Shoes on fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? and and you might not be hitting like people, you know, super, you know, high up on the totem pole, but it doesn't matter. The little people matter more than the big people, I think, Some most of the time. You know what I I'm agree saying? agree with that one 100%. Yeah. I Man,
2: I, I would have to say, out of all the people that I met that Will had with friends in the military, you would probably have to be the person that I just. <laughs> would rather hang out with the most.
1: Well, I think it's mostly because we're pretty close in age, and then we also have pretty close in maturity level as yeah. well. <laughs> Immaturity level. <laughs> yeah, for lesser award, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Whatever works out. <laughs> so,
0: you know, I think the most exciting thing for me to see come out of this podcast was the fact that we've been able to branch out and build an audience, and then we, we have started working with – um Backcountry Hunters and Anglers in the state of Florida. And we're going to these small game hunts. And we went to the small game hunt in Seminole Forest. And Under Pressure Outdoors pulled more people to that small game hunt than Backcountry Hunters and Anglers were able to. And we have not only pulled them to that small game hunt, but we've had them come back two weeks in a row and be successful. And that's just awesome. And that's not to say anything bad about Backcountry Hunters and Anglers because we did not organize that hunt we just promoted it to get guys out there and we're trying to build the membership for those guys for BHA in the state of Florida because we love what they do and it's a whole lot of fun to get with those guys and get out there and go to these hunts pick up garbage go to these dinners go to the story nights the Florida chapter is extremely active like you look at the events and they're all over the state of Florida
1: and Dylan I believe you got one you got a membership yeah, I have a membership with back Hunter, uh Backwoods, or back- Backcountry, Backcountry Encounters, English. Yeah. Yeah. I have a Backwoods, uh, also, cigar membership, I'm pretty sure, somewhere. Let
2: me come back to the Backcountry Encounters and English because it was really, like, amazing to me, because this is the first event that I've been to with him. It was, I actually got to meet the people, like, that listened to us. So we're like, we hunted with Justin. It was me and Briar that hunted with Justin and Micah. And uh, Justin, I really connected with. He's a good guy. I connected with Micah real well too. We hunted with Micah a lot too. And uh, it was just really cool to actually meet people that listen to us. You know what I mean? Because it was like, as much as we, we talk and stuff, like, I don't know. Like, we see kind of, Virtually wise, who like we have numbers of who listens to us, but to actually meet the people that listen was really cool to me. And then to have like Micah shoot his first public, it was a squirrel, but to have him shoot his first public land animal and then like publicly announce it, that was really cool to me to actually meet those people and and get
0: to see them experience public land. Yeah. And then, well, Micah's been out with Briar duck hunting three times, two, three times now since then. And, Justin went back. He was there Saturday with Matt and discovered that Matt's a terrible squirrel hunter. Came out Sunday with us and actually killed yeah, some squirrels. I actually, put, I actually put Justin on some squirrels and some ducks. And he went. Justin went back out on his own the next weekend and killed some doves and some squirrels.
2: I really want to get back out with Justin, too. I'd, I'd like to get back with Micahs, but I'd, I'd like to get back with both of them. But uh, Justin stayed in contact the most. Most definitely.
0: And it's, it's been a lot of fun. And I look forward to what the rest of this year holds. And as we move forward with BHA, you know, we're fixing to jump into gobb- gobblers with garbage here when, when turkey season opens up. And under pressure outdoors is going to get absolutely absurd with our garbage. And it's going to be fun. Listen, we know where it's at.
2: And we're going to destroy
0: it. We're going to
2: take a lot of it. Well,
3: we're not going to destroy it. We're going to clean it up, right? No,
2: <laughs> we are going to we are going to destroy the garbage picking up category. Yes,
0: You're like y'all ain't ready for it. I might not kill a turkey because uh, history would prove that I can't kill turkeys. Uh,
2: I can but. call a turkey from a mile away, but I'd rather put somebody else on it than kill it. I've yet to kill my first turkey. I've called turkeys for I don't know how many people, but I've yet to kill my first because <laughs> we're in the same call. Yeah, I'd rather see you get on it
3: than than me take it. I'm I'm the same way. I've I've called probably about half a dozen turkeys for different people, and had turkeys come in and watch them shoot them, twenty gauge, twelve gauge, whatever they want to shoot. I've seen turkeys taken. I've cleaned turkeys. I've dealt with turkeys. I've never pulled the trigger on one myself. I've never been on a turkey hunt for my own self.
2: But listen, we also have, so Ty, which has been on our, our live videos a couple times this year. Uh, Ty is going to put us on some turkeys this year. And uh, hopefully I will kill my first turkey with Ty this year. Because Ty is like, that. like Ty deer hunts and everything, but Ty's like, thing is turkey hunting he just focuses like that is just just turkey hunting gets tie off yeah
1: and i you know i haven't really got down here and got 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 hunting with you guys because i've been absent for a while but i definitely plan on coming down and driving a few hundred miles to come hunt with you guys in the turkey season for sure
2: to which is down because we hunt like the area that we hunt or that ty's gonna put us on you gotta be about it because it's sweet it, it is like there's a lot of people that hunt public land turkey wise but uh the kind of turkey hunt that ty does and there's there's some people in our area that do it yeah but it's real special
1: yeah especially when you get down there in florida you know you got that part of the land where you're getting down that grand slam area. you know what i'm saying the osceola turkey and that's always been one of my dreams is hit a grand slam whether it's you know the Turkey Grand Slam or, you know, any other any of the other Grand Slams. and I, I just want to shoot one. Exactly. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? A lot, I've never shot a turkey. I've been turkey hunting down South Texas a couple times, and it was very uneventful except a couple uh, winged javelinas, you know what I'm saying? So, But I'm definitely for sure going to drive a couple hundred miles to get down here and go turkey hunting yeah. with you guys.
2: And, you know, I've actually talked to Jim with BHA because we were in Texas and Jim was talking about turkey hunting in Texas. Jim was like, because an Osceola, you can get on Osceola and you can call, 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 and then Osceola will just shut up. Yeah. Well, it'll shut up. It's not that it, it bolts, but it shuts up. And then, you know, 15 minutes later, boom, it's right there in front of you. You're like, holy crap, But he was talking about out there in Texas. He's like, you call, call, call. He's like, they talk the whole entire time. Like yeah. The whole entire time they're coming, they are talking. Like You know they're coming.
3: So I ended up going I was pig hunting one day over on one of my hog properties and one of my buddies said, Okay, well this is what you need to do to call for a turkey and He started calling and then I was practicing and we we're sitting there over near over near the blind that we we're hog hunting at and we were just blowing a turkey call. We didn't think that we'd see any hogs. So we we're just playing a good old time. Next thing I know, about thirty minutes later, an Ossi old turkey lands right in front of the blind. Out of season, we didn't shoot it, didn't do nothing. We just watched it, but this this big old Tom flew down and sat right in front of the blind and strutted his stuff for like 45 minutes because he knew exactly where we're at. Off of, I think, what is the worst calls that I've ever had
0: in my life, but it worked. Well, you know, I would just want to bring this up. Uh, Dylan's talking about winging javelinas and Matt's talking about hunting on hog properties. and But nobody's brought up about the big old
1: hog Dylan shot last night. Yeah, you're right. Oh, I got yeah. on, son. Hey, I, I feel <laughs> it. And I appreciate it, being, especially being... Completely absent from the group, you know, it feels like you left like the Rolling Stones when you leave these guys around. You know what I'm saying? And you come back, you come back, and you get you your Keith Moon or you know Keith Moon from the Who, and you come right back into the fold, and they start playing pranks on you and you know trying to get you lit up and everything like that, get you fired up, get you fired up about Bigfoot and everything else. You know what I'm saying?
2: He killed the biggest hog
0: target. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so about sixty yards from where we're sitting right now, there's a, a hog archery target with bright eyes stuck on it down in the bottom. And uh so last night we had pre planned this. Last night we got Dylan and he was inside and I walked in there and said, Get your get the shotgun, get the shotgun. Come out here. He came walking out there with me and we started walking down towards the bottom i said you see those eyes he said what is this? i thing?" i think it's a coon so we started walking a little further down into the bottom i said it's a hog it's a hog shoot it shoot it
3: boom 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 and it didn't move now also he was shooting three inch number five steel shot duck shells because will ran up into the cabin and was just like matt Get get a shotgun, get a shotgun, load it up, load it up, load it, load it, give it to Dylan, load it.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, by the way, Matt didn't know about this either. (laughs) Oh, I didn't. I loaded
2: another. Completely innocent. (laughs) Trying to hand me a shotgun the whole time. Like, I knew what was going on. (laughs) I'm telling you, hey,
1: these guys should have been at the Sundance Movie Festival trying to get freaking awards. Because they were acting pretty good. And me being from Southeast Texas, and I mean, some of you guys probably know what I'm talking about. Over there, you know, you see a hog. I mean, most of the time it means ten dollars a tail, You know what I'm saying? So when you see, when I'm out here and they say, "Hey, there's a hog or there's a coon," you know, we're gonna smoke it. You know, there ain't no there ain't no question about it. You know,
0: he shot at it
1: three times, and I said,
0: "Oh, he unloaded on move. that thing." It did move, and I said, "Maybe it's deaf," and he said, "Uh, maybe." I said, "Or or maybe it's made of foam." <laughs> I got called a few expletives
1: after that. Uh, And I think anybody that's listening here would have called somebody the same Nino names that I called. But if if you didn't, there ain't nothing wrong with that either. You'd have probably said something else. But I definitely felt like leaving and then getting played pranks on, because that's just the way it is the brotherhood out here. And especially going out in the hunting camp, I know everybody's got some kind of story. You know, about getting you, you know, played about, you know, everybody's had some kind of story about how somebody played a prank on. So I appreciate that. That's one of the things I appreciate coming out here and hanging out with your boys. You know what I'm saying? And that, that, that pure thing, you know, it kind of, it kind of pissed me off, lit me up a little bit at first. But I was like, you know what? Only your friends really play pranks on you. You know what I'm well, saying? Like your real friends.
3: More than anything that I can get with, Dylan, you're the, you're one of the oldest members i'm the newest member and uh we've been hunting together me and you sat in the same hole together and we hunted sadie together um i'm glad that we hit it off and we kind of had the brotherhood and i feel like i can text you and we can talk and we're going to be in the same group chats and stuff like that it it's been a great time
1: (laughs) Yeah, a little but, up in this, I'm, yeah.
3: yeah, but it's been a great time. You know, we've hunted together and dealt with each other now and, you know, being able to deal with somebody that yeah, it's, was it's, one it's of the It's kind creators. of weird to
1: come into, like, a group because I felt like, even though I was part of the group before, coming back, I felt like I was, like, an outsider, you know what I'm saying? And then I was, like, I didn't feel like you replaced me or anything like that because that's, like, a weird yeah. feeling, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I was, like, this dude, Matt, man. Well, he's a cool man. He's a cool <laughs> dude. But, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. He's a cool Not man. a
2: lot of people think that. <laughs> you, you've been here in spirit the whole time.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could have been like that. You could say that. No, oh, I've been
3: here for probably about since phase one, and that's been about four months or so that I've been on here. And I can tell you what, every single duck hunt that I have been on, every single small game that I've been hunting on, I've been told a new story about you. So I already felt like I knew you coming into here.
0: There's plenty of them, you know what I'm saying? I think you could write a whole chronicle on the stories I've told. (laughs) So let me tell a a funny story that semi-involved Dylan and uh, semi. It it really involves AJ and Um, We... Man, this was probably three years ago, maybe a little more. We were duck hunting in, uh, in a WMA in southeast Georgia. And we had had, we found a, a primo, that year was a primo wood duck hole. And when I say primo, I mean, we were seeing upwards of 80 wood ducks a day in a matter of 30 minutes. It was just absolutely insane. A barrel burning shoot. So, at that time, A.J., was the only one who had waders. And AJ, being from North Carolina, had never really had any dealings with alligators. And his biggest concern walking through that flooded timber because the river was so high was that he was going to step on an alligator. And I told him, I was like, man, there ain't no alligators in here. And I said, we're, we're so far back off the river. I, I was like, it's just a tiny little lake. And I said, there might be one or two, but ain't nothing much big in there and so he continues to drag that 14-foot john boat around the rest of the day looking for the ducks we shot that got off in the timber and me and dylan went back out to that lake in the summertime and uh the the water had receded and we're standing on the shore of the lake and dylan says to me he says damn that's a big ass gator and coming from florida when somebody who's not from Florida says, that's a big gator, you're like, Man, right? yeah, right. But when you're dealing with somebody from far east Texas, Louisiana border, you can believe that he understands what a big
1: gator is. Oh, yeah. You When you can put your foot across the, the back of their eyes, you know, and when you put a whole, like, a size nine boot between the eyes of a gator, that's a pretty sizable gator. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, mind you.
0: At this point, we've already seen five alligators in this lake, and I lean around the corner, lean around the side of this big old cypress tree, and that I bet that gator was
1: every bit of 12 to 14 feet long. Oh, yeah, man. She had to have been, I mean, at the least. At the minimum, she was 12 feet. At the least, she was 12 feet, and I looked to the left of us, and there's two, I'm talking about like six to eight inch baby gators. Just sitting there, you know. And I said to Will, I said, well, we probably need to head out of here, you know, before she starts heading back for them babies, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, well, 10 you know, we got to get out of here.
3: That's probably the most memorable trip that I ever had with my dad. I was out there in kayak fishing on Dead River. We were paddling around, and I had my fishing pole. I was probably like nine years old. I had my fishing pole in the back ladder rack, and I paddled, and I caught the bottom of that spinning rod, and I picked it up and dropped it in. It was like a $40 spinning reel, you know? And then there's my dad, chest deep, in the middle of Dead River, with gators charging him, and then finally, after about 45 minutes, my dad looked at me and he goes, I
0: don't think this is a great idea. All right, so Dylan, we hunted together on a lease in southeast georgia right around little area what was one of your favorite stories coming out of that that deer lease?
1: well to be honest with you I have two all right you can't really sum that up into just one story uh one is a personal story of me growing up in southeast texas uh dog hunting is obviously not a thing you know nobody dog hunts out there except people that are obviously not following uh, the law so <laughs> i'm out there and and this is my first year showing up in here in georgia meeting will at work and he's like hey man we're going a deer lease together and i was like well sign me up you know what i'm saying and so it's deer season we go up and it's uh it was both season it was for sure bow season because I remember how hot it was in that damn bu- that damn blind.
0: See, it wouldn't have been bow season. You can't run dogs until rifle season.
1: And maybe it, yeah, it, it shouldn't have been. But I definitely was hunting with a boat.
0: You were hunting with the, you hunted with a boat most of that first year.
1: Yeah, and um, so I'm sitting there and. Uh, I'm just sitting there, it's a cold morning, you know, and I'm just sitting there, just waiting for the deer to show up, and I had plenty of deer on my camera, feeder, and everything's all right, I'm like, all right, this is a perfect hole for a deer. And I take a breath, just like it did right there, and I hear, and I'm like, what in the hell? What was that? And I have my phone out, and I text Wilson. I I hear a bunch of dogs. And he's like, well, yeah, man. There's a deer. There's a dog camp, like two or three miles away from us. And I was like, "What are you talking about, dog camp?" So then we had this weird text dialogue about how there's a dog camp, and I didn't even know it was right across the damn road from us. And I feel like I'm Blake Shelton in the "Old Red" song, getting hummed down by the deer, by the uh, deer dogs, and I'm like breaking my concentration and everything, and I'm like i'm done with this you know i didn't want to hunt anymore that day i was upset because i just didn't know you know and then we end up meeting all these fellas and we go hunting with them and they were like the most square ass guys and i was like this is one of the most fun type of deer hunting i've ever done you know what i'm saying and they were all super nice people and they had so many dogs but that was one of the most things that was funny to me because I was like, it's just a new experience, you know? And I like, was like, what the hell's going on? But the second story would definitely be when we brought one of our buddies from the military to go hog hunting out there. And he had him with one of those AR-15 rifles with his side on it and everything like that. And we're out there and we put him up in there and we're like, sit up in this tree stand and there's been hogs on this camera. You know, there wasn't that many, but there's plenty. And uh, you'll probably see a hog. And you'll be able to shoot it, you know. And you'll have a good time. And uh, we're out there and we all get text messages. We're like, hey, I, I see something, I see something, you know. And uh, we're like, yeah, go ahead. If it's a hog, go ahead and shoot it, you know. And this dude is out there. And he sends us a picture of what it was. And we're like, that doesn't look like a hog. And it was one of those dogs from the Dagum dog camp. They're out there practicing, running their dogs. And he thought that this dog was a hog. And he was about to take a shot on it. And we're sitting there well, I trying I thought to... you were about to tell me that he did take a shot on no, it. No, no, no. He wanted to, you know. But he had, the, he had enough sense on him, you know, not to take a shot on something that, you know, he didn't have any identification on it. And we were sitting there, and he, he was hopped up texting us on the phone, you know, and whatever we get back there. He told us this whole big story about how he saw this huge dog, and well me and we were like well, well we'll we'll look on the camera, you know, and we were sitting there, looking on the camera dude, and there's big old black dog running through the running through that lane and i was like well damn i'm glad you didn't take a shot on we had to deal with some angry dog hunters you know what i'm saying yeah. but that was probably one of the most fun fun hunts that we did because it was just hilarious going out there with somebody that didn't really know that much about it but had enough sense not to take the shot because that would have been a horrible thing especially shooting somebody's dog because that would have been that just been the worst thing in the world for me at least but that was one of my first times especially going out there and hunting
0: i i i mean we never actually killed any deer off that lease But I really enjoyed hunting out there and hunting around those, that group of dog hunters. Because I have dog hunted on public land and with some guys. I, I grew up doing that with buddies who did it a lot in the Ocala National Forest. And to really step into that least private land side of the dog hunting, those guys ran a tight ship. Oh, yeah. And they killed some absolute monsters
1: oh yeah they weren't out there you know they were out there actually doing their due diligence to the herd compared to like you know you see a lot of dudes are out there dog hunting and they shoot what they see these guys were actually picking the right deer out and shooting them you know and they were all responsible people and they were so friendly. I mean, they invited us over a bunch of times just to hang out with them. And Now,
3: was that on public or private land?
1: No, that was private land. That was private oh, land. So, yeah. least...
0: the first year, we had uh, a little over 600 acres, right? Almost 900 acres. Okay, 900. 664 on one piece and 211 on the other.
1: And we had about, what, 12 or 11 people in that?
0: We had 12 people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the big group. Now, <clears throat> not hardly. Not even... So, comparatively, we were shy of 900 acres with 12 guys. We had another... The, the dog club that surrounded us on our 600-acre piece Um, was not a stand-up group. And we had a lot of problems with them with trespassing and theft. Um, but they had... I want to say about six thousand acres, and the dog club that surrounded us. Well, they had us on one side of our six hundred, and all sides of our two hundred acres, and they had a little over ten thousand acres, and they had about twenty five members. Uh, and but those guys did a good job of. They really wanted quality deer out of there, so they they wouldn't shoot does after a certain date uh you know there's a lot of stuff and then they wouldn't shoot button buck spikes they they killed a dang monster
1: of a 13 14 point deer yeah i think it was a 13 point
0: yeah
1: and he was he was a pretty big deer he definitely would have scored a 160 180 at least yeah he was he was
0: just wicked big and we we never saw him on camera we we had some good bucks we had a nice 10 on camera for a while uh never saw in the daylight i'd hunted throughout the summer uh, and saw a nice buck in velvet uh, trying to shoot some pigs in the summertime. Saw some good does. But could never get lucky enough to see one from the deer stand uh, during deer season.
1: Yeah, definitely. We hunted uh, We hunted early morning, noon, afternoon. I mean, we hunted pretty much all day, most of the days. And, uh, but I, what I really appreciated about especially not having any knowledge about deer, like deer dog hunting at least, is just how much knowledge they had, you know what I'm saying, about what they were doing. Because you get like this weird stigma about dog hunters, especially deer deer dog hunters, is that they just shoot, they just sit on the road, at least from when I grew up, is that they just have, you know, people just sit on the road and they have you know, dogs running deer to the road and they just shoot whatever pops out. But these guys had a really strong grip on what they were doing. Especially those guys that were surrounding the 200. Now, the guys that were on the 600, those guys, you know, they could, they they, they didn't, I didn't have any respect for those guys, but.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, having grown up around, you know, the Ocala National Forest, and then, you know, there's guys that, they do the same thing out there that, people up there in georgia do but there's a majority of guys that do that if it steps out and it looks anything near legal they're blasting it but those guys around your camp in georgia they just i don't know how they did it because that stuff just happens so quick with dog hunting but they always manage to pick out like good quality deer
1: i mean i think it's mostly because they had a bunch of mature hunters out there that had done those things like a bunch of times you know what i'm saying? They didn't have any guys that were just, you know, starting out, and they weren't immature. They're were mature guys, and that's the reason why I think they kept the quality of the deer that they hunted.
2: I think it has to do a lot to do with the attitude of the people too, because you get you get people that are that kind of if it's brown it's down kind of deal, but you know those guys were far from if it's brown it's town. I mean, they just literally watched the deer like. Closely watched the deer that they'd come across and they they, they
0: busted good deer. I, I had a chance to hang out with them a couple of times. They were real good people. I tell you what, Nick, that the the president of that club, he ran a tight ship and he was not about letting guys go out there and, and tear things up and uh, shoot little deer. He, he was going to, you know, there was guys, you shoot a button buck, you're, you're getting a hefty fine. Yeah. And that was paid back to the lease. And all that went back to getting food for the deer, planting food plots. And they planted food plots. And they had a good group of still hunters that actually hunted on their lease. and uh, But they did a really good job of managing what they had. But my favorite thing about hunting around those guys was definitely the fact that they were, they were talking on VHF radios. So we went out and bought our own handheld VHF radios. That, in and of itself... Tuning into their channel and sitting in the deer stand provided constant entertainment the entire time because you could sit there and listen to them make fun of each other the entire day about whoever missed this this deer that deer so on and so forth. But what was really good about it too is they understood you know we're out here to still hunt this is what we wanted this is the way we want to hunt and but we're gonna you know we respect the fact that the dogs are just chasing the deer and dogs don't know property lines. So, when that if if they need to come get their dogs off our place, they're gonna come. We let us know. We let them come get them. No big deal. But a lot of times, you know, they're just we just just let them run through because they had us on three sides. The fourth side was the highway. But every time those dogs would turn towards our property, somebody would come up on the radio and, and and tell us, "Hey, Reedy Branch." Them dogs are headed your way. Get ready. They're coming across a clear cut. They're coming wherever they're going to come through the property at or where they think they're going to come through the property at. Those dogs never ran deer across a clear cut. Those deer would hit that that wall on our clear cut and just turn left, right, never wanted to come across it because we'd have rained hellfire.
1: Oh, yeah. Never. Every time we heard them, you know, hey, they're coming towards your way. We got locked and loaded, baby. We were ready to go. You know? but they never ever did, you know what I'm saying? I hunted
0: that that lease during deer, during rifle season. I carried both a rifle and a shotgun to the deer stand, loaded just with in case. <laughs> Yeah, loaded with double-aught buck just in case I needed it to make some quick shots.
3: Well, I think that's one of the biggest reasons I'm a duck hunter is I can miss a duck and it is what it is. But if I miss a deer, that, that's a whole nother ball game. Now, I've enjoyed I like shooting ducks, I like shooting squirrels, I like shooting rabbits, um, I like bow fishing, gigging, that kind of stuff, that's more of a go-getter stuff, because I have high ADHD and I can't be quiet, as you guys already know, and as far as still hunting and sitting in the stand, I just can't keep
0: myself occupied. I I can understand that. But hey, you know what? Hey, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up with an Under Pressure Outdoors Tip of the Week, and it's getting right about sunset. And let's go see if we can uh, get us a rabbit or two. Speaking yeah. of rabbits, so I'm I'll in. I'm in for me. that
1: for sure, man. I'm definitely down for that
0: <laughs> dinner. Oh, it's going in the crock pot. Oh yeah, too late for a crock pot. but We'll throw it on a grill with wow. them, with that duck breast from this morning. That's some too late late for Monday. Yeah. <laughs> So who wants to go first? What do you got for tip of the week, <laughs> Dylan?
1: Uh, I don't, well look! You have to go ahead. I'm gonna think of one real quick. I did right. Y'all sprung <laughs> on so. me.
0: I've been thinking about this,
3: and week before last, you stole mine, and Jordan stole mine like last week. So everybody, somebody always steals mine. So go ahead oh, yeah. and steal something that I got on. My all right. Head. Um, I hunted Sadie all year round. Um, when it gets cold, I put on her uh, thermals for hunting. We went out today to go set out decoys and stuff like that, and she was not wearing her thermals, and she got cold real quick. So if you are hunting with a dog and stuff like that, be mindful that they're out there for you, not you you for them. So uh, make sure that they need what they have as far as i mean dylan you saw sadie this morning she was already shaking and she was wearing all of her thermals um this afternoon it was she was shaking real hard even though that she was playing she was having fun but it's not enjoyable after 20 minutes yeah you you underestimate that cold because like
2: bell's got long hair i mean you know Sadie Sadie's a little short-haired but, like, Belle's got long hair. She had her thermals on. But even after she went after that duck mm-hmm. and then standing outside, she had frost, like ice yeah, on her Sadie. Hair.
3: After Sadie's uh, jumping in this morning and stuff like that, I constantly, like every 10 minutes, I was grabbing her ears and I was breaking the ice off of her ears and holding them and trying
0: to warm them up. It was a wee bit chilly this morning. It was quite cold. I so, didn't want to go. I'll tell you this. We talked about this a little earlier in the episode, um, and it plays an important role in every aspect of hunting, but that is positive identification of your target and what's beyond it. For so, sure, man. And, you know, it, it saved Derek from shooting that dog mm-hmm. because he didn't know, so he didn't shoot, right? And it comes into play when you're shooting it Deer, you want to shoot a quality, you want to shoot a big doe, not a little buck, little Mm buck, buck. So, you're going to take there and you're going to spend that extra time looking at the head, making sure, especially when it's by itself, that you are actually, in fact, shooting a doe. Because nine times out of ten, here's another little tip: does don't travel by themselves. They're going to, there's always going to be one, two, three of them together. They're not going to be all by their lonesome. Well,
3: also with that, when it comes to duck hunting and stuff like that, you have different limits of different
1: species.
0: Yeah. You know, and so you got to make sure and positively identify everything you're shooting at.
1: I definitely agree with that. That's one of the biggest things about hunting. You're getting out there and you you just start shooting at things you don't know what's going on. You're, you're going to either make a fool out of yourself or you're going to get in real trouble with the law. And that's nothing that nobody wants to do. You don't want to make a fool in front of yourself, in front of your buddies fool yourself in front of your buddies and you also don't want to get in trouble when you pull out of the gate and you see the man in green you know what i'm saying so i definitely agree with that positive identification of your target of anything you're shooting
2: ignorant ignorance is no excuse
1: no oh, definitely for sure but they're still going to ticket you for ignorance it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> they don't care
2: no absolutely <laughs> yeah so i think my thing is uh don't gosh do not ever think that you can't spend too much time with your dog like working your dog because that has been my my biggest thing is like i worked out of town i for the longest time and i just wasn't able to spend that time my dog and had i spent that time my dog she probably would be a lot better of a dog she is now gratefully she has a lot of natural just drive and like she knows what she's supposed to do but You really, really, really got to just try and spend at least 30 minutes to an hour every day with your dog. Like, that's just how your dog learns is that you just run it and run it and run it and run it. And your dog just gets repetitiveness and it knows what it's supposed to do. So, had I ran Bell like I should have for the longest time, Bell would have, there would have been no turning back. Bell would have said, hey, boom, that's what I got to do. I'm going to go for that
1: well my 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 tip mostly is for you guys is given to new experiences, you know what I'm saying like I've never really duck hunted that much and today was like literally my fifth duck hunt I've ever been on in my whole life. you know I spent 26 years on this earth and I've only been duck hunting five times, especially being living from southeast Texas. That's pretty disgraceful honestly in my book and but I'm telling you get out there. Get with your buddies. It doesn't matter if you don't know what the hell you're doing. Get out there and experience something different. You know what I'm saying? Get out there and learn something. I learned a lot today by just hunting with you guys with the dogs and seeing how they work and seeing how you guys communicate with them and work with them. Granted, yeah, they had some hookups, whatever. That's just how it goes. But get out there and experience different things. Get out of your comfort zone. Hunt something other than ducks, Matt. <laughs> get out there and deer hunt with us you know what i'm saying because we want you out there well that's all i want to do yeah get out <laughs> hey get out there and experience something other than just what your stick your 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 comfort zone you know what i'm saying that's the only thing i have to say about anybody out there whether you're out there trying to just hang out rock climbing whatever you're doing outdoors deer hunting duck hunting whatever get out of your comfort zone and do something else because you're gonna wind out find out you're gonna enjoy it a lot more than you think you will
2: Let's see, there's been a lot of times where it's been like, hey, let's go do this. And I'm like, man, I've never done that before. And then you just come across it and you're like, God, like,
0: I'm done. I'm hooked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fixing to dump way too much money into this. Well, Dylan, I'm super excited to have you join us this week. Finally, episode, man, I don't even know what 50-something. Yeah, this is after a whole season. And you're finally here, which which is which is great. I'm glad you're here, duck hunting with us. And
1: uh, you know, at, thanks for thanks for joining yeah, us today, so, man. Well, I definitely am super excited to be out here right now and to uh, record this episode. It's been a long wait for me, and uh, I'm looking forward to record a lot more. Oh, that was just gotta
2: just gotta finish it off and say that uh that ice is still unopen, so you got to drink it full tracking
0: all right. The weekend's not over. So I just want you guys to know, make sure that if you're not following us on Facebook, you need to follow us on Facebook. Join the Under Pressure Outdoors group on Facebook and really get in there and communicate with people who listen to this podcast and communicate with us. Because it's it's been a great journey to have you guys there. If you're looking to get out in the outdoors and you just don't know where to start, if you're in the state of Florida or in our area of Florida, Georgia, and you really want to get out there, you can you feel free to contact us. But if you're way outside of our reach, always look into Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. I know our chapter is super active. A lot of the other chapters are too. Those guys are going to get you out in the field. You're going to meet a lot of people who want to get into that they're already in the outdoors and they're more than willing to help you get out there as well. So, and there's no excuse because at in this podcast description, you're going to have a link to our Facebook page. You're going to have a link to our group, and you're going to have a link to org to join the organization there and start receiving those emails to know when you can join those guys and have a great time. So, make sure that you reach over if you're on One of those awesome podcast apps where you can give us a review, especially Apple Podcasts. Reach over and hit that far right-hand star and tell us what you love about us. And when you start leaving some written reviews, we'll start reading some written reviews. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you want to contact us directly, you can message on Facebook. Or you can hit us at underpressureoutdoors at Gmail. And (laughs) that's that's all we got. Until next week, you guys have a great week.